Hello, everybody, and welcome to Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. I'm Alex Sullivan, and I'm delighted to have you at my kitchen table. Today, I have Yashi Jangiani with me to talk about spreading joy through dance, her work in homeopathy, and how she incorporates Indian culture into her own life and throughout the Fairfield County area, and, of course, the importance of family. Yashi teaches Dances of India for Star Inc., which is an organization that helps people with special needs. She teaches Zumba classes. She teaches about Indian culture through organizations such as Gopio and the Norwalk Nice organization. And she can also be found donating her time teaching first aid for Westport's EMS. Yashi is the best example of someone who takes building and fostering communities seriously. And I am so honored to spend time with her today. I know you will enjoy this conversation as much as I did. Enjoy. Hi, Yashi. Thank you so much for joining me on Mom Cooks Fast and Slow. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited. Yeah. Um, we met through, I was bringing, I'm on the Performance Arts Committee for West School PTC in New Canaan. Um, and we met because uh, I had worked with the NICE Norwalk uh, Festival and organization to bring a Bollywood dance to our schools, our elementary schools. And you were one of the star performers. Um, and I feel like we hit it off immediately. Yes. I mean, we had yes. so much fun that day yes. um, talking about Indian culture and dance and just all the things that we want to bring to our children and, and spread joy through. Um, so we hit it off and, and now here we are. And I'm so excited to have you on this podcast. So thank you for joining me. Um, so I thought to start it off, we could talk a little bit about yourself, um, how you wound up in Norwalk and kind of how you got involved in your community. This podcast is about community and bringing people together. Um, so I thought we could kick it off with that. Sure. So um, we grew up. My parents were very community oriented. Both my mom and dad were very involved in community in India. So when we moved here because of my husband's job 24 years back, it was only natural that, you know, we would find our tribe here. And um, we were in Boston and in Pennsylvania for maybe like three or four months. But we've been in Norwalk for, so I would say half of my life I spent in Mumbai and the other half has been in Norwalk and this is such a vibrant community so initially because I didn't have a work permit I was volunteering wherever I got an opportunity so I volunteered with EMS I volunteered with the Red Cross I volunteered with the voluntary services for the blind and then obviously I started connecting with the Indian community here as well and that's how we got our start and then we have not looked back and now uh, we are a big part of what we call uh, the global organization of people of Indian origin, which is Gopio. And through Gopio, we've had an opportunity to bring a lot of the Indian programs to Fairfield County. I, I love that. It's, um, it's great. And I, you know, I follow your Instagram account and uh, all your dance things are amazing. Um, and just, you seem to be a person that really loves to spread joy in your community. And I yes. think that's so important. And so, you know, I'm, I'm sure the community of Norwalk is very grateful to you. Um, so how did you get involved with dance? Um, you know, were you a dancer from a young child or, you know, what, what was your, your path towards being a dancer now? Right. So before I get into that, I want to thank you for saying that somebody's actually watching the dances because oh. 
my kids always joke like who is watching these videos mom stop posting so much so now i'd like them to know that people are watching and enjoying them yeah so um i was not a dancer at all as a matter of fact growing up when i was in elementary school middle school i was so bad that if everybody's hand was going left my hand would be going right i had no sense of rhythm at all and i used to not dance cuz even they wouldn't take me cuz i was so bad and uh, then about 14 15 years back we started performing for community fundraisers for our temple and local community organizations and i started getting a little bit confident that okay this is not so bad i can do it and then i discovered zumba that was like the turning point for me cuz zumba really simplifies dance so everything you do on the left you do on the right it's in like multiples of 4 and 8 and uh, 13 years of zumba finally has given me some sense of rhythm <laughs> and then i'm like if i can dance anybody can dance so mm-hmm. me who had like literally no formal training had two left feet or maybe like 10 left feet i don't know stomping over people and that's why i was like i have to like share this love with with more people like me who want to dance but don't know how to do it you know just simplify it for them and that's how my um journey for dance started and here i am that's great that's so funny yeah. um so so zumba was the turning point but you also do i mean when you came to school you did some bollywood dancing yes. for us yes. and then there were a couple of other dances that you incorporated to that as well so i you know i'm very familiar with bollywood when i was in college i had friends that did bollywood dancing at school and I, i the costumes and the i mean it was just i i loved that form of dance but what were the other other dances that you also incorporate um besides bollywood and zumba right so zumba actually as a fitness program it incorporates rhythms from india and there are four rhythms that it recognizes from india so you know zumba is international rhythms right so 60 to 70% is latin rhythms and then the 30% is international so in those international indian rhythms from india it recognizes bollywood which is like the fun part of it and then it also recognizes some of the dances we shared with the school uh, garba so garba is from like western india from the state of gujarat then we have lavni lavni is from maharashtra which is the state i am from and then also recognizes bhangra which is like the most popular fun energetic dance which is from the north of india and then we also have other dances that we couldn't like do but there's all the classical dance forms like kathak bharatnatyam kuchipudi so i have been bringing these rhythms to my students in my classes and they love it because they have been doing the latin rhythms and they have been doing some bollywood and bhangra lavni garba rhythms that zumba recognizes but now i have been bringing all of the other rhythms so if you go to my youtube channel you'll see all different dance forms all different rhythms and not just like from india i've been doing this project and i hope you join me so i've been doing this project it's called dance size with loved ones anybody can dance i did it to honor my parents especially my mom so my goal is to make 365 videos and i have i'm at 221 right now so i hope people who are listening anybody can come and dance with me so i have done dances from the philippines I had a woman approach me she's 60 years old and she's like I think I want to make a video with me but would you do like a Filipino dance with me I'm like yes so she sent me a video we practiced at home we met for an hour ran through a couple of times and we made the video so I have done songs and dances in in multiple languages outside of even like the Indian and the Latin um, languages 
that's uh, that's awesome. I love that. And I, you know, I've been into theater for a long time, and I I used to dance. And there's something about dancing that just like it releases this adrenaline, yes, exactly. and happiness, it's just, and it's so decompressing. It yes. is. It's so good for you. Um, yes. And you know, my kids on the weekends we do family Sunday dancing in the mornings. Like my husband makes pancakes, and we dance in the kitchen. You just feel so much better after it. Um, yes. And I love that, you know, all different cultures have all different styles of dance. And I love being able to learn all that. So I don't know, maybe I'll take you up on your offer. I am uh, looking forward to (laughs) it. So kind of, so now now speaking to how good you feel from dancing, you are also someone who is a homeopath. Yes. um, And that has been, I mean, you've been doing that since I think you said 1994. So long time. Um, And I have to be honest with you. I for my whole life, I've been a math and science person. Like I was always, you know, on the cutting edge of technology and science and modern medicine and, you know, all those things. I, I, you know, I worked in a DNA lab in high school and it was like, oh, this is going to change the world and how we do medicine. And, you know, I was on that train. And then, you know, 2020, 2021 happened. I watched some dope sick and I was like, okay, I need to maybe get in better touch with some natural things too. Like I owe it to my body. I owe it to my kids' bodies to go down this path and and learn more about natural things that that help us before I immediately go to a modern medicine answer. Um, And so, you know, when I get strep throat, I'm like, do not pass go, do not collect $200, go get that Z-pack and get rid of the strep throat. But, you know, I, I think there's something to be said to do things for yourself before you get sick to help your, yourself. Absolutely. And so Absolutely. I want to ask you kind of about your your profession, um, you know, the things that you think people like me that are just kind of entering this space and understanding how to connect better with our bodies, connect better with nature to help our bodies, you know, how, explain that to me. Sure. So homeopathy is just one of the natural modalities that people can use because there are so many. I think the very first thing I always tell people is food. Food is medicine. That's like even before I start them on any remedies, I ask them to send me like a food diary. Like what are you eating from morning to night? Sometimes just making changes in what you're eating and even how you're eating. I'll give you a very simple example. Um, I had digestive issues for a very long time. And It was a simple change that I made. You know, here we tend to drink uh, cold water with ice. Or even if you like see people that like have like a huge uh, glass of soda with ice with their food. That's the worst thing you can do for your digestion because you are literally putting out your digestive fire, right? Your, Your body wants to digest food. And then here you are putting like ice or cold drink with it. So just a simple change like that made such a huge difference to my digestion. So that's why that's literally the first step to take. Like, what are you putting inside your body? Obviously, the second is your state of mind, right? What are you doing that makes you happy? What is it that gives you joy? So people will be like, oh, I'm fine. I have... I'm like, no, I want to know during your whole day from the time you wake up to the time you go to bed, how much time have you set aside for yourself? To do things that give you joy. It could be going for a walk. It could be dancing. It could be listening to music. It could be cooking. It could be having a chat with a friend. Whatever it is. But how much time in a day are you scheduling for yourself? So those are like the first things. 
then you come to like, what else can you do? So if you talk about homeopathy, I, I'm like you. I had no interest in studying homeopathy. I had no interest in natural medicine. I was one of those, okay, let's pop a pill, whatever. But when I went to school and I started practicing like regular medicine, it I was pretty disillusioned with it because mm-hmm. all we were doing was giving a pill for each symptom. So if you have three symptoms, you have a cold, you have a cough, maybe I'll give you a cough suppressant, I'll give you a decongestant, I'll give you an antihistamine or combine all of them in one concoction, you know, and it was just masking symptoms. So I got bored of that. I'm like, okay, let's go back to homeopathy, which is what I went to school for. And homeopathy looks at a person as a whole unit, not as your ear or your nose or your stomach. So it focuses on the whole person, totality of symptoms. And it also recognizes that symptoms are body's language of telling you what is not right. So if you pick remedies based on that symptom presentation, it seems to help the body self-correct by giving it that gentle stimulus. And I'm not saying that there's no place for regular medicine. Absolutely. And like you said yourself, let's do the natural stuff first, recognize its limitations and definitely go to an ER or have your regular, you know, yearly checkups, diagnostics. So you know what's going on inside, but use the natural stuff first. Mm -hmm. And so when you are seeing patients, you are looking at them holistically. Are you also looking at any of their medical diagnosis? Absolutely. So I cannot diagnose them, but everybody who comes to me has a regular MD. And so that they're doing their regular, you know, yearly physicals, we're doing the diagnostics, we're doing the blood work. So we're doing all of that, but we are giving them the homeopathic remedies if they don't want to take, or I have uh, a 70 to 80% of my practice is young families with, with kids. So I teach them. So I've called myself more of an educator than a practitioner. So most of them will like have over, over the two or three months that they start out with me, we build like a small kit of remedies they can use for colds, coughs, stomach aches, you know, headaches, uh, anything, even preventative stuff. So if they're going to be eating out or if they're going to have ice cream once in a while or, you know, they're going to whatever. So the, you have remedies that we can give them, which will keep them healthy. And or as soon as they have symptoms. So there are a lot of homeopathic remedies that you can use for at the onset of symptoms. So if you recognize, for example, they've been playing in the cold and they start with a runny nose, there's a remedy called aconite, which if it is given in those first 12 to 24 hours, it'll help your body to fight it off right away. And again, it's not the discharge or the running of the nose is not the problem because the body is producing this mucus to trap anything and throw it out of the body. The same way, if you have a cough, cough is not the problem. The body is producing, making you cough. So you can throw out whatever has gone in, which the body thinks is not going to be good for it. So we're not suppressing the symptoms. We're recognizing the symptoms and giving remedies based on those symptoms so the body can self-correct itself. That's I love that because yeah, I, yeah. I feel like all the time too, when my kids are sitting at the kitchen table and I'm giving them dinner and I, I'm a cook, you know, I, yeah. I love to cook. Yes. It's a big part of my life. And yeah. my kids are always like, you know, can't I just have chicken fingers and French fries? And I'm like, you don't understand. Like, I do you like being sick? No. Okay. The way you don't get sick is like you eat 
food, different food that's good yes. for you. Yes. And yes. then, you know, that's, and I, I knew that just kind of like I'm being Italian and my, you know, my yes. family kind of always said that. But now when you think about it from what you're saying, like it really is this whole thing that then leads to, you know, better, better health, yes. better mental state. So yes. I know also a big part of homeopathy and correct me if I'm wrong, but it's um, like, ways to improve depression and anxiety and things like that so there are remedies for everything and i just want to go back to what you just said i want you and every mom out there who's like who's before a terrorist mom i call myself a terrorist mom like me who did not give up on their children so my dad was like that you know he would cut fruit and make us eat it he would make juices and and we hated it and he would take us to like these natural ashrams you know for like a week-long retreat and we'd be like what is this food you're feeding us you know we want our fried food and so he's like no you have to do this and you know we did that paid forward with our children and my kids are 25 and 18 now and my son just came home for the first time in December after doing his first semester at Arizona State University and he was like he came and gave me a big hug. And for the first time, he was appreciative of everything I've done. He was like, mom, you don't even understand. Everybody around me was sick. They was, If they were sick, they were staying sick for at least a week. Whereas I didn't get sick as much. And even if I got sick, I took the remedies from the college kit you gave me. And within a day or two, I was fine. So everything that you're doing for your kids, they may fight you right now. They may hate you for it right now. But don't give up. Keep doing it because they will. Like I appreciate my parents today. My son appreciates me. My daughter, she's 25. She cooks for herself, you know. Just that's the important part of family, that involving them when you're doing the food prep, involving them, keep on giving them th that information. Even when you're out like grocery shopping, show them why it's better to be in those like two ends of the uh, yeah. grocery store versus the middle the where middle. All, the, all the package stuff is. Like keep the show them that and they will be grateful to you and they will be thankful to you. One it day. is. I know it's yeah. so, you know, you don't appreciate how much your parents do until yeah. you get older. I mean, I, I remember the first time I had my son, I called my mom and I was like, oh my gosh, like, thank you for everything. Yes. You know, yes, you just, exactly. you just don't get it until, yes. and, I, and I'm sure I'm not going to get what my parents are doing for me now until I'm yes. there. Right? You know, you just... Yes. You don't get it until you're a parent and until you go through those stages exactly. of life. But yes. yes, the the tough love from your parents is exactly. actually sometimes exactly. the best love yes. you can get. So no, I, I agree with you. Yes. Um, so coming back sorry, to your question about homeopathy for other ailments. So you can use homeopathic remedies. So if you want, they're available over the counter. Easy breezy. So if you walk into Whole Foods, there's a whole section of homeopathic remedies and they have a little free booklet which tells you indications. So if somebody's completely new, new to homeopathy, I would suggest joining the National Center for Homeopathy. This is the organization that is going to be completing 50 years in existence here in the US. So next year is like the big, um, big milestone for them. There's a lot of information on their website. They actually have this... Uh, Thing where they do uh, it's called for mommies homeopathy for mommies and they have every month they have a webinar with a homeopath so they tackle like day-to-day -day stuff ailments that remedies you can use for which you don't need a prescription for so instead of using Tylenol or instead of using an antihistamine you can reach for a homeopathic remedy instead so that's what I would say over the counter to start with then there are some remedies that again over the counter non-prescription that you can use for stress 
um, anticipatory anxiety. My husband loves this remedy because if we are traveling I, or if we are having people over, he calls it my crazy lady mode where I go like, <laughs> like I'm traveling for the homeopathic conference in, uh, we're leaving next Friday. And he's he knows this weekend is when my bag's going to come out. <laughs> so gelsemium is one remedy that is available over the counter. And it's amazing for like anticipatory anxiety. So if it's before an exam or, you know, before travel or you have people over or you're going to have like a dental procedure or anything and you're very stressed about it, kids being stressed before exams. So gelsemium 30C is available over the counter. And it's one of the remedies that can be used without a prescription or without meeting a homeopath. But if you're going to talk about like long-term, if somebody has anxiety or if they have depression or any kind of, then I would say, talk to your naturopath. A lot of the naturopaths in our area incorporate homeopathy in their practice. So they'll be able to help you. Or you can find a homeopath from the National Center of Homeopathy's directory, which is online. So you can also, there are, uh, groups here, study groups, you can join a homeopathic study group. So that's why I said it's important for you to understand and learn everything about a new modality if you're going to make it a part of your well care routine. Right, exactly. I so, mean, in the same way that I yes. was, you know, studying everything else, uh, I yes. got to now learn and study and yes, before exactly. you jump in, right? You exactly. get, do yes. your research is yes, is, yes certainly. Um, okay, so Thank you. I'm glad we discussed that because I, you know, it's something that I'm very interested in kind of moving forward for my kids and my family and myself. How old are your kids? My kids are seven and almost five. Wow. So they're little. Yeah. Yes. Yes. But yes. Although my seven-year-old, I'm like, oh my gosh, you're becoming a boy. <laughs> Stop growing. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Before you know it, they'll be gone. It, it goes know. so quickly. It's too fast already. I know. Um, but so I wanted to talk about Indian culture in general, um, you know, if you're, if homeopathy was kind of a result of Indian culture, or if that's just like something you, you were interested in, um, and then in general, kind of moving from India to America, how, how that's gone, you know, how you and your husband, how you've liked it, how you've, you know, come into this culture versus your own culture, do you go back, you know, just kind of stuff like that. Sure. So homeopathy actually originated in Germany. Okay. It was founded by a German home, uh, physician, Dr. Samuel Hahnemann. We call him the father of homeopathy. And again, he also stumbled upon homeopathy because he was disillusioned with allopathy at that time. You know, it was very brutal. 250, 300 years back, there was bloodletting. It was just barbaric. So he discovered homeopathy and, and it grew in Germany. And then from Germany, it spread all over the world. And the reason why it's so prevalent in India is because, you know, we're one sixth of the world's population. So, <laughs> so obviously all of the uh, good homeopaths are now Indian versus German or, and he married a French woman. So he, that's why France and Germany and then India, these are like the three countries where homeopathy is most prevalent, but now it's all over the world. You will find practitioners of homeopathy. Um, so when we, we moved here for my husband's job, obviously, and we thought we would probably spend, my daughter was a year and a half at that time. So, you know, I was taking it easy anyway. So I was like, okay, we'll spend maybe two years and then come back. But then 9-11 happened and then there were no jobs anywhere. So we ended up staying and then we just kind of 
integrated ourselves here. So we have the best of both worlds. We, uh, when the kids were younger, we went, we took them to India every two years, at least once in two years. And then as a matter of fact, before my daughter moved away to Texas, she went to India by herself because they speak the language. So she actually went to India by herself, went around, spent time with my mom and, you know, she had an amazing time. So we've kept, we've got the best of both worlds. Let's put it that way. We are able to um, be here and still keep our Indianness. And mm-hmm. when you say, what is it, what does being Indian mean to you? I think it's like, you know, we came from a country which uh, has 20 plus states. So we were already used to the different yes, the, cultures. Right. Like Everyone's even in India, yeah. there are so many different languages, ways of life. And then we moved here and then, you know, we met more amazing people. So we've just kind of incorporated what what is our identity with the identity of what is the what is America, which itself is like a huge melting pot. So it's exactly. we've had the best of both worlds. And even in um, even in the Indian community here, if, if you just look at Fairfield County, there are at least 12 Indian organizations. And then if you go up to to the north of Connecticut, there's a total of more than 35 or 36 Indian organizations. And we go to every event that we can, especially when the kids were younger, because each community, or whether it's from north, south, east, west, brings its own flavor, its own style of food, its own style of dance. So we love being a part of everybody and it's just an amazing experience I love that and it's so welcoming too because you know we when we were talking when we first met you were like I'll come over I'll cook you some Indian food I was like I'll cook you some (laughs) and I am still serious about that yeah Yeah, that offer is still open yes that's so you know I love it because that's how I feel I'm like yes you know come to my kitchen table let's have a meal let's you know bond over whatever um and I love that um and so no I'm so glad that that's able to still be here for you guys and um do you celebrate um traditional indian holiday like is diwali one of your holidays that you celebrate yes so diwali is the most famous holiday because you know the white house does it every year and you know that's the one that's the most but what is happening today is holy holy so holy is the festival of colors it heralds the beginning of spring and it's a fun festival obviously every festival you know like you have christmas or you know you have whatever all the festivals are basically a reason for people to come together, eat food, be together, right? That's like the underlying reason or the underlying thing for any any celebration. But with Holi, the specific difference is the fun. You play with colors. Okay. So I have these colors to show you. Oh, good. So I picked up like two packs yesterday because I'm going to color my husband today. He's not escaping me. So and you get it all colors. You have blue, you have red, all. So you actually put colors on everybody. And then you can put water, you can put water balloons. It's like the most fun festival. So there's a celebration this weekend, Saturday. It's in Stamford. I'm inviting you to come. Okay. It's a fundraiser. <laughs> it's a fundraiser for the uh, Police Athletic League. So there's an Indian in the police, Stamford Police, who's organizing this for the first time. And we're going to have dance. Obviously, dance has to be a part of it. Um, there's going to be Indian food to buy and there's going to be colors. So come if you can. I'll send you more information. Yeah, I you, would love that. Please yeah. do. And if you can't come on Saturday, come on Sunday. Sunday, it's at the Wilton Temple here 
Okay. Um, and in, is it, is holy, um, you said it's a spring, like, yes, it's a festival it of colors. Yes. Religious as well, or just? Yes. So the, it has okay. a little, every, every celebration has some religious aspect okay. to it, but it's the fun aspect that everybody can be a part of, right? Right. right. So, and this, they, one of the things I love about holy is, because you can put color on anybody that day. So if there is somebody that you've had a conflict with or somebody who's not talking to you, you are allowed to go on holy day. Them. You can paint. <laughs> this is the day where you forget all the past, anything, any issues you had with somebody. This is the day to go and you can put. This is also the day where, you know, if there's a girl that you've been wanting to talk to and you go, you are allowed to go put color on her. Oh, so it's my goodness. So it's an amazing, amazing festival. So that is so fun. Yes. Yeah, so I, I love that. Yeah. Okay. And and throughout the month. So today is holy, mm -hmm. but throughout this month, because you know it's cold. If you look online and I can send you the information, they're going to be celebrating it ev literally every weekend. There's a holy celebration in Fairfield County. Oh, wow. So on the 25th of March, it's in Danbury. On the mm -hmm. 5th of May, it's in Greenwich. Uh, there's a ICC, which is the um, Greenwich Indian organization. They're doing it. Uh, they did it last year. They're doing it again this year. So Holi is another festival that's, I think, going to become mainstream very soon. That's yeah. Well, I look forward to it because I have some people I want to paint. Yeah. So <laughs> yes, bring them. It'll be a lot of fun. Yes, and it's for a good cause. Like this Saturday, it's for a good cause. We'll be supporting the the PAL, which is the Police Athletic League of Stamford. Nice. Okay. Yeah. Well, all right. Great. Yeah. Well, that's so good yeah. to know. Thank you. Yeah. Um, and um, will you also be partaking in the Nice Festival this summer? Yes, absolutely. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Uh, we have been participating in it for the past since it's been around. And uh, absolutely, we'll be there this year doing our Indian dances. So please come and join us. Nice is amazing. Yes. It is. It's a, we went last year and I, I loved it. And um, yeah. yeah, we'll certainly go again this year. Yes. And I was hoping maybe I'll bring Janet on this podcast too as we get closer. Yes, yes. Kind of plug, oh my God, she's so good. It. Everything she that she's is. doing. Yeah. yeah and you know, I have learned so much from going to Nice. Like all the different dances, they were beautiful. Like we had dances from Mexico. We had dances from China. It was just a beautiful. And to have everybody in that one place. Yes. The day went so quickly. We didn't even realize. And the food is amazing as well so yes. yes yeah no so I'm looking forward to that um okay so the last question I want to ask you in kind of thinking about community and how our kids interact together um is you know I know I saw that you married back in India and you were in an arranged marriage yes. and it seems yes. you're very very happy with that yes. I mean you <laughs> seem so, so in love and so happy yeah. with your family and kids yeah. and all that um and then I think about what we're doing over here with swiping left and swiping right on apps and that's you know, the complete opposite. Yes. Um, and I, you know, I did not meet my husband that way. We met at work. Um, and, you know, I feel like now I'm old school in the way that I, and I met my husband, but I just kind of want your thoughts, you know, on that and, you know, how you deal with that with your kids, you know, moving forward. And I, I don't know, I just thought it'd be an interesting yes. thing yes. to kind of yes. chat about. So um, when I was, I, I was such a tomboy growing up, I never even thought of marriage or anything, you know, I was focused on my career, I was focused on, and I, the, the typical arranged marriage that people have the vision of is, you know, the boy comes to your house to see you, you bring out like a tray of, you know, tea in it and stuff. And I had told my mom, you know, you've sent me to medical school. Don't expect that out of me. You know, you, it's not going to happen. So um, fortunately, uh, and what is arranged marriage? You know, first of all, quickly, I think it works because when your parents find somebody for you or a common friends bring 
forth a pro- proposal. The good thing is that this there's already a lot of commonality, right? You're from the mm-hmm. same background, probably from the same community, language, food habits, um, same financial status as well. So now you only have the things to fight about is narrowed down to the 15, 20%. <laughs> like you didn't put the cup here or you didn't, you know, just, just like stuff that you're going to fight about. But right. like you're not going to be fighting about the big things because those things have already been, the backgrounds are similar. Mm-hmm. So when we got a chance to meet each other and then we obviously had the if we wanted to say no that's okay so it's not like you okay. meet and you have to marry that person so Mahesh had actually seen three other girls before he met me but he was the second boy I saw okay and the first proposal that had come that person was not here so I never met him I just met the parents so I never but then Mahesh came and it worked out and it was like it went quickly like that yeah and it was a big four or five day celebration. And I think the first year was very difficult because, you know, you're that's where all the dating, you're trying to get to know each other. Right. But then you see like he does, he's not very, um, what should I say? He doesn't use words as much, but he shows he <laughs> loves me. You've seen, you know, he literally partakes in all my reels. He's, you know, <laughs> yeah, goes along with everything. So I think you, pe- women especially, have to look beyond because the guys who are the sweet talkers actually mm-hmm. steer clear from them. Yes. It's, it's, it's the men who take, who are the more caring. They show you by their actions and that's how it is with us. So it took me some time for me to adjust to that. And it took him some time to adjust to my right. You sound you crazy sound personality. Very similar to myself and my husband. My husband calls me zero to ten, and he's four, five, six. Like exactly. I'm, I'm all over the place at all yeah. times, and he's just yeah. like the. He's like, okay, bring it down. <laughs> exactly, exactly, exactly. And I think that's what balances it out. So mm-hmm. I would, I and like with my daughter now, she's twenty five. She's at that age where you know she should be thinking about it at least, if not, because I was married at. 26 which is late considering you know Indians would like their daughters to get married at 18 19 but I was in school so it wasn't happening so you know I always say to her that you know just keep your energy open Mm -hmm. if you have an open energy you will meet someone like Mm -hmm. I met your dad because all along I was like I don't want to get married I don't know it's not for me I don't think I can find someone but just keep your energy open and be open to suggestions like if your parents suggest somebody or an uncle or an aunt suggest someone there's no harm in meeting that person you never know right I love that um that's so nice and then so then wedding uh in India was five days you said four or five yeah yeah and we had at the reception so at this a lot of the ceremonies we had between like it was his family my family so at the different events maybe we had between 40 to 100 people but at the reception, we had 1,300 people. 1,300? Like 1,300 people? Yes, yes. Because oh, you invite my. everybody. In India, you just call, like, everybody you know. So, you know, we lived, like, you know how you have a condo complex here? So we lived in, like, something like that. It was a condo complex with about 100 houses. So you know everybody because you live together in the community. So everybody is invited. And our wedding cards are not like, you know, how it is here you either send it to just one person or you specify one plus one, no kids, no. Friends and family, that's how Indian invitations usually are. I mean, here it has changed a little bit now because of the you know space constraint. But in India, you have this huge venues, right? So it's friends and family, nobody even counts. You can bring your neighbor, you can bring your cousin, you can bring... 
And then do, do wherever uh, you want. Who provides the food? Like, is it everyone brings food or just the family? No, 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 no. For for thirteen hundred the, people, the families. Yeah. Yep, Holy yep, yep, moly! Yep. Wow. Yeah. Okay. And it's not that expensive. Remember, it's not not that expensive as it is here. And then you don't spend money on like the decorations, you know. Spend right. It on yeah. The food. You. Yeah. Well, the outfits. <laughs> I have to say, I have some friends yes. who uh, have been yeah are Indian. They've been going to weddings. I'm like, oh, wow, the the yes. beautiful dress that goes on at those weddings are. I mean. Yes. Really beautiful, really. So if you make a video with me, you'll get to wear a beautiful. Oh, outfit, there we so. go. Okay, <laughs> even more. I mean, you keep uh, tempting me with all these yes, good reasons. Yes, <laughs> yes absolutely. Um, okay, so um, this the question I ask everyone on this podcast at the end is, "What is your favorite family tradition and why?" So right now, the my favorite family tradition is making reels with the kids. <laughs> <laughs> they don't like it but you know each time because you know I lost my mom two years two years back in December two and two and a quarter now and it was a very difficult time for me because you know when you lose one parent it's sad and I'd lost my dad 12 years back but when you lose your second parent it's like you become an orphan so December I lost her and like right up till March or April was so difficult for me I couldn't I used to go to Zumba every day that was my only like thing but I was just not myself and then it was our 25th anniversary that April and my daughter came down from Texas and she was like I'm done with your moping you know we can't do this anymore you've got to stop so she made a TikTok and the TikTok was the four of us did that TikTok and the TikTok was Abhi to party shuru huye, which means the party is just getting started. She was like, Nani would have wanted you to celebrate. 25 Aww. is a big number. We got to do this. And doing that one hour, it took us one hour to make that 45 second TikTok. And I had so much fun. I'm like, okay, I can do this, you know? And since then, every time they come home, we make a reel. Or if we, we have other family in California. So when we all went there, we made a reel again. And now the kids are like, oh my God, we have created a monster. We've got to make us stop. But I have to tell you, my biggest fans are actually my daughter's um, school kids because she's teaching sixth and seventh graders. So, and, and, she's, and she sends all these laugh emojis and I'm like, we're happy to provide you the comic relief to decompress during the day. Yes. So, you know, we love to make reels. We love to get together. My husband is big on nature. So whenever we meet, we go out on hikes together and I'll be carrying my bag of food, you know, giving out food to all of them. Um, and we just love to do things together, you know, whatever it is they want to do. Sometimes it's not something I want to do, but, you know, they make the reels with me. So I'll right. go on a hike with them. That's fine. Right, right. Yes. Oh, I, that's yeah. great. I, yeah, it's and I love that it's a new... Like that you can create new traditions as they exactly. get older too. You don't always yeah. have to just stick to the ones you started when they were four. Like there's, yes. there's new new yes. stuff around the corner every every day or every year. So yes. that's so nice. Yes. Um, well, Yashi, thank you so much for joining me. This was so fun. <laughs> and I, I think I am going to check out that paint, uh, the... The, the Holy Festival, of, yes, the please Holy come. Festival, yes. I'll send you the information. I'd love for you to come and if you can post it and more people can join because let's make, this is the first time they're doing it. Um, and we should support them. It's a great cause and it'll be a lot of fun. And then it could become an yearly thing. Great. All right. Well, yes, please send me and, um, and have a wonderful weekend. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thank you, Yashi. Bye. Bye. Yeah.